Hello, friends, and welcome to To The Point, the home services podcast that focuses on marketing and operational solutions to help you get better. Because if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Now, let's cut through the bullshit and get to the point. Hey, hey, podcast listeners, it's your guy, your host of To The Point Home Services Podcast, Cristiano, also the CEO of Rhino Strategic Solutions, a digital marketing company for the trade since 2000 and what, Paul? 2008, 2008, right? don't be late. That rhymes, you good? I got some skills. Anyhow, I'm super excited for our guest today. I know we say that a lot. But we've had a lot of really freaking good guests, really good guests. I'm excited for this one. Such an awesome story. Uh, we've gotten to know each other a lot more really over the last few months. And the more I learn, the more I like the guy. So I'm super excited to have him on the show. But I would be remiss if I did not introduce my amazing co-host, Mr. Tall Paul Redman. What's up, brother? Yano, what is up, man? That was a friendly introduction. Um, two things. One, I love the V-neck. I feel like we may have coordinated. I think I have inspired you to drop the crew and go with the V-neck. Oh, so oh. you look great. So I'd love to have that influence. So my style came from Tall Paul. Is that what you're saying? It did. It uh, did. And, <laughs> and two, man, I am I'm pumped for our guest today. So I've never met our guest. We've been friends on Facebook. Uh, a mutual friend connected us years ago. Um, but you know, this has been an interesting week. I mean, there's a lot going on in our country right now. And um, it's just kind of an, an interesting and kind of difficult time for a lot of people. And what I keep kind of grasping to kind of in my small community and then kind of community at large is, is the concept of leadership. And this is almost like a divine intersection because we're bringing someone on uh, with one of the highest levels of leadership within our industry and our community. So it's awesome. I'm pumped. Let's get to it and uh interview our guest yeah man thank you for bringing that up i appreciate that yeah it is it has been a little crazy and uh and man i always say this love wins like love wins so just be a good human being just be good to people you know that means that makes such a world difference just you know give without expectation you know they need to can't be disappointed if they don't you know if something doesn't go your way but yeah let's get to our guest because i i want to get as much time with him as i can and, and pick his brain and hopefully our listeners will be we have a lot of good takeaways from this particular podcast and the hope is always that you can check boxes, things that you can write down and actually do. Or if you're driving around the, in your trucks right now and you're listening that you can um, remember that down if you can't write that down. <laughs> um, but first I want to go ahead and introduce our guest. Um, was the, well, I guess the, no, no longer, but he was the founder of Hunter Super Techs, um, amazing home service company. And um, also the uh, uh, founder of a, which I just was able to, to meet some of um, some of his peers in this group and some of the other folks are part of it, but he also the founder of uh, Go Time Success Group, awesome little training company, um, which is a, a mirror image of the human being that this guy is uh, with a servant's heart. And also uh, is currently now, because he's such a badass, was asked mm -hmm. to come to Service Titan and be the director of customer relations, which I believe is a perfect position for this guy as I've gotten to know him. But a couple quick things is that if you didn't know our guest, he is the pride of Ardmore High School, the Fighting Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> the Fighting Tiger. Oh, you don't know where Ardmore, Oklahoma is? <laughs> Google it, and you'll see it's, it's, it's in there somewhere. Okay, it's in Oklahoma. <laughs> But I want to go ahead and introduce our guest. He's awesome. He's also been a, a mentor and business advisor and service roundtable, well-respected man in the industry, Mr. Chris Hunter. What's up, my friend? Hey, buddy. Thanks for having me on. I'm super honored. And I did not get the memo about the V-neck, though, so I'm feeling a little <laughs> out of place right now. So I uh, apologize for that. <laughs> well, listen, um, Paul tried to tell me to that I, I, I've been wearing a V-neck for a long time, and then he switched to the V-neck, okay? I switched to crew, and then he tried to keep himself different, so he kept rocking the V-neck. But I guarantee you, if I wear something different, he'll change too. I like it, yep. <laughs> Is that not true, Paul? Not true. Okay. Well, you're six foot eight. You shop at different stores than I shop at, okay? Men's stores. 
So Chris, I want to jump into some of the stuff. And before I get into, um, before I get into you sharing your history for the listeners, so they can understand, um, all the things that you've accomplished and how you have accomplished those things and kind of your way of getting things done. I want to mention to you that I see now your wife is Nikki, right? Yeah. And yep. I see that, will this year be 25 years that you guys have been married? 25 years. We were high school sweethearts. I, I landed her whenever I still I had hair. And, uh, <laughs> and, you know, she just keeps getting prettier and I just keep getting older. <laughs> did you know, you, I don't know. Did you outkick your coverage? I did, big time. Big time. <laughs> Me yeah. too. Now, did you guys go, so you're from, are you, you're from Ardmore originally? Yes, sir. So, yeah, Ardmore, Oklahoma, the big metropolis, 25,000 people in Ardmore. So now did she went to a different high school or same high school? She went to Dixon. So Dixon is uh, just a little bit east of here, but it's in the same community. Got it. So one of the rivals, I'll bet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Friday Night Lights. That's it. Well, congratulations on that being uh, married a quarter of a century. Hopefully that makes you feel old. <laughs> it does. Yes. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah, yeah. you're super welcome to that. But I want to share one quick thing. Um, something that I thought was pretty awesome that I've never, ever seen. I've been 12 years of working with home services companies, 12 years, big, small, you name it, all in the digital marketing space. So I see websites and I've seen lots of them and many, many variations of them. And I want to tell you on the Hunter SuperTech site, I never, ever have seen somebody put a prayer request on a website before. Ah, That was man. pretty awesome, man. Yeah, well, I, whenever I started that thing, I, I realized that, hey, I'm doing this for a bigger purpose. And in one way, even now in this trying time, it's like, what, what can I do? How can I do something to give back? And I know prayer is a, is a powerful, very underutilized weapon. So I thought, why not? Why, why can't we do this? And it was amazing how many people... Uh, reached out and actually used that and and it really meant something to them because it, it wasn't just hey you're my heat and air guy it's like oh man my heat and air guy cares this much about me to to even you know pray for me or my family so I appreciate you mentioning that that Dude, was that was something special to our team I'm talking I've seen thousands upon thousands of sites and I've never ever seen that and and I saw the little message board attached to it. Like it's getting it's getting used. It's such a cool thing, man. So I commend you on doing that. But I, I also think it's a reflection of of who you are. It's uh, you have this servanthood mentality, and um and that clearly shows in all the things that you've done, even up to this point. Now I want to uh, mention one quick thing. Um, a guest that we had on here a couple weeks ago, um, a friend of yours. Um, you, mm -hmm. as part of your servanthood and giving back type of thing, you guys at, at Supertext did the, like the gift of the gift of heat program, mm -hmm. which yep. we learned that R and D is important, is important. Okay. And Mr. Lou Habica was in here talking about R and D, which is where you had gotten that, the idea for the gift of heat program from, right? Of course, it might not be heat here in Phoenix, Arizona where we're hundred yeah. plus, but that's where that came from, right? Originated. Lou is a phenomenal guy, and, and I've spent my whole uh, my whole career, my business journey, really, of learning from others. And so, whenever I heard that idea, I thought, "Oh, this is perfect." And and so we we implemented it. And then the beauty is, uh, like any good thing, other contractors then saw that as well. So Lou, I, I I laid it to he he's at the top of the mountain. He kicked the first rock, and here it comes down, and now it's an avalanche. You look around, and it, it's going on everywhere. So it's amazing. And uh, so I'm very thankful for Lou. Yep, we like a Hobika. Nah, yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> Such a yeah. good dude. Yeah, so a great guy. And, and now I think that since he's been on our podcast, I'm pretty sure he's been texting me like every other day trying to get me to buy like he's a classic car guy. He keeps sending me the same one over and over again. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> I'm yeah, about it's to go time, in. buddy. Yeah, it's go it. time. All right, yeah. so let's go ahead and get into this. I want you to share with the listeners too a little bit more of um, kind of how you got into the trades, Chris, and then also um, – through the, um, you know, through the sale of Hunter Service Texas, like take me through the process, like how you got into the trades and then uh, to the point of, or to where you're at today. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, I started just like most, a lot of people do. So I think that's what, what a lot of people can see themselves in my story because I was a, a service tech. That's what I did. I, I actually, uh, I fixed air conditioners. I worked for AT&T and got to travel all around southeastern Oklahoma fixing air conditioners for them at their central offices. And uh, I had a boss, thank goodness, that we have, uh, if you surround yourself with people that constantly push you and help you to become better, I'm so thankful for this guy. Because he said, Chris, he said, I, I really think you should, you should go out and get your contractor license. 
he said, it'll be a great backup just to have, you know, in case something ever happens or he said, I think you should. And I never even thought about it. So I said, okay. So I went and did that. And I started doing heat and air on the weekends and evenings for, you know, just friends and family. And then I would go to AT&T, you know, during the week. And then it quickly got really busy. And all of a sudden I had two full-time jobs and I was in way over my head. And the bad part was I wasn't even really making a lot of money. I was really busy, but I didn't know anything about business. I just knew how to be a really good service tech. So at that point in time, it was like, all right, I'm at a breaking point here. I've got to figure this thing out or give something up. You know, I can't keep doing both. So I never forget, this is back to my wife. I, I told her, I said, I think I want to leave AT&T and try to make this thing a go. And I, I think I can pay us $25,000 a year. And she looked at me and, uh, and thank God she didn't leave me. She, she said, Hey, I, Chris, I believe in you. Let's go for it. You do it. Whatever you think's best. Did you have kids? And, uh, did you have kids by so, then? Do what? Did you, have, did you have kids then? Yes. Yeah. So we already had two kids then. So, and I left a very comfortable job, right. To, <laughs> to come do this. And that first year it was a struggle, but like in anything, you know, sometimes you got to give up to go up, Sure. you know, and that's, that's, that's exactly what that first year was all about. But, but then I often think about it was a blessing that I'd never worked for another retail contractor before. I just worked for AT&T. So I didn't have any preconceived bad right. habits. Right. So I picked up Ron Smith's book, you know, HVAC spells wealth. And I started reading this thing and it was just like, I couldn't get enough of it, you know? And, and then he mentioned even the service round table. And so I, I, I joined the service round table and then eventually joined the service nation Alliance and really just started learning just like for people like Lou from anybody I could. And I just focused on growing my business and learning all I could just to be a, a better, a, a better leader and a, and a better business person. So, so after, after we got started in the big town of Ardmore, Oklahoma, <laughs> I quickly realized that, Oh man, you know, if I ever want to grow this thing to any scale, I've got to figure out a different game plan. But, and as a marketer, you'll love this. There, in, in rural America, here's the beauty of it. You can take modern business practices and implement these things in these underserved areas. And it's like low hanging fruit, you know, because all the big boys are in the big city. They're spending big dollars. And in these smaller communities, it's more about relationships. Sure. And, you know, who you're seeing at Walmart and at yep. the football games and church and so we realized, man, we could, we could actually do something here. And, and I saw, I started studying businesses and I saw businesses that were like at this $10 million mark. And I knew that's where the private equity, the exit strategy really kicked in. And I, I thought, how do I get to that when I know my market's like a $2 million sure. small area. Yep. And that's whenever the, the, the e-myth kicked in oh, yeah. and I learned about the people law. Right. Oh, yeah. and, and the people law, and I've got the quote right here. It says, says that each time that you add a new person to your business using an intelligent turnkey system, a system that works, you expand your reach and you can expand your reach almost infinitely. So I thought, why don't we start developing leaders? Our vision at Hunter, Hunter Supertext was to get really good, which involved the systems, sure. develop leaders, and then duplicate in similar areas. So that's what kicked off the journey to, to grow this small area and then start duplicating in other areas. And you did it successfully. And then, and then what happened, Chris? Cause I'm going to dig into the details of that later, but then after that, what, what happened, Chris? Yeah. So, so we, we started growing this thing and, and multiplying in these other areas and it was so exciting. The, the ride of sure. seeing the, the most gratifying part was, was seeing having somebody that worked inside the business that normally would have rose up the ranks and maybe went out and started their own company, but giving them a career path and saying, Hey, here's the deal. You were just like me. You're a great technician. You're great with people. You're, you're great with the team. How about we do something? Why don't I help you go to a new location? I'll let you do all the things and have all the benefits of an owner, except for we will handle all the things that most don't like. Sure. We'll handle all the scheduling, all the dispatching, all the billing, all the insurance, all the marketing. I want you to go to this new area, 
Just interact in the community, give back, build your team and serve really well. Be a good and then I'll reward you handsomely for that. And oh man, they, they caught the vision. They wanted to do it. So seeing these people that, that went to these new areas, took that leap of faith and start growing inside these communities, that was what was so special. Uh, but along the way, uh, we, we started growing in revenue and we started approaching that $10 million mark, you know, um, and then all of a sudden I started on that growth journey, that learning journey. Again, I sought out some of the best people that I knew and asked advice on, Hey, what should I do to look at, to, to have a liquidity event? And I visited with Ken Goodrich, Ben Stark, Ron Smith, uh, Larry Taylor, all these industry legends, and they just poured info into me and it was a super blessing because then I was able to connect with Turnpoint Services and at the end of 2018 they acquired Hunter and here's the beauty all those managers that that went to the other location they actually now are have ownership in the company as well That's so cool. it was uh it was it was good for us as a family and it was also really good for them the successors and it's been really awesome to see what they've done with it since I've left that's awesome. So they got to get a little equity in the business. They did. Fan. Yes, sir. What yeah. a cool exit. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's so, Yeah, go, go ahead, Paul. I know where you're going to go. I know we talk about this this a lot, but is it hard to see the business and the brand that you've built that has your name on it in the community and now you're kind of, you know, you're sitting on the sidelines. What's that like for an owner? That is a great question, and that is one that is extremely tough. I'll be honest. Um, but Here's what I learned from a wise mentor, Ben Stark. And he taught me, he said, Chris, he said, I know you've gave your heart and soul to this business. He said, but here's the important thing to remember. A business is a vehicle. It's, it's, it's not who you are. It doesn't define you, but it is a vehicle to help you accomplish your personal missions. And my whole personal mission, you know, I'm a, I'm a believer. So my whole thing was to gain influence and point people to Jesus, you know, so if I could use my business as a way to do that, and I, I did that. And now that my, my platform, look, it's enlarging even more. I get to visit with you oh, guys and, and people like at Service Titan and other contractors. But going back to, is it tough? It was. But once I realized this is a vehicle and it can help me accomplish even more, uh, it, it was okay. It was weird. I can't even, I can't even understand. I can't even really uh, articulate how it feels to release your baby. <laughs> but, but John Maxwell says this, there is no success without a successor. So seeing Turnpoint have it now and the management and the leadership team taking it and running with it, honestly, it's kind of exciting. It's like sending your kid off to college and watching them flourish and go and have their own career, right? So, so it was tough. It is tough. It's still tough, but I'm also extremely proud of them. Sure. And it's exciting to watch the journey still unfold for them. That's great. The, Thank um, you for sharing that. Yeah. You, um, gosh, I don't know how, like I've thought about it and because, because uh, selling isn't on my radar yeah. um, and I'm actually more of looking to acquire yeah. um, because I look at it as the same thing. It's as a platform that we have. And, and to the point home services podcast is, is just a piece of that pie of the servanthood model. But um, I want to get as big as I can with, with the right parameters in place to not lose the level of service, but to try and, yeah. you know, like I said, give without expectation. So even if you're not a part of the Rhino family, I'm still giving through the podcast, you know, and, and then leaning on others like yourself to share your experience, to give to those that are listening that, are maybe sitting at 1 million, 2 million, trying to get to the 10 million or the 5 million. So, um, so what I want to talk through is, is one quick thing is, um, I love a good comeback story too. Right. Mm. And you certainly have one of those and you're kind of at the tail end of that now, but, um, explain to the listeners real quick. Um, as you were going through, you're getting close to your exit of, of Hunter Supertext of what you, your, uh, the health stuff that you have went through. And I don't want to ruin it by saying what it is, but talk through it because I think it's, it's inspiring as I've learned, uh, the fight and the, and what's on the other side and, it, and it's encouraging. So I would like you to share that piece of the story before I go into some details, if you don't mind. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, um, here I am. I just finished the acquisition of Hunter Supertex. We are on top of the world, right? Sure. So, uh, uh, everything is going great. I mean, it was the, 
the culmination of so much hard work and and we're like whoo man here we are and then all of a sudden um had some amazing things happen along the way i mean i, I had new adopted grandbabies right. my i had another grandson that was born so i mean we're just loving life and then all of a sudden one night i i wake up and and next thing you know i go out i'm on the floor my wife comes running in i'm i'm basically in a convulsion in there and so they rush me to the hospital and and all of a sudden the doctors come in and they're like, Mr. Hunter, uh, we see some stuff in your lungs that that's kind of concerning. We want to do some more tests. And I'm like, what, you know, I'm, I'm fine. I'm help. What? This is a fluke. It has to be a fluke. So anyway, they did scans and then they did a PET scan and they came back after the PET scan and said, Oh man, they said, uh, you've, you've got some masses on your lungs and, and some of them were about the size of about a racquetball in there. And they're, they're popping they They lit up like a Christmas tree on a PET scan. And they told me we need to get you to an oncologist. We believe you have stage four cancer. So I went to, I went to the oncologist and, and they told me the same thing. They're like, Oh man, this is what this looks like. And we need to get you probably to like MD Anderson or something. And, and they said, it's going to be about six weeks before you could get in there. And one of the oncologists said, Chris, I'm scared here because uh, the last person we saw that had this many in your lung, I had eight of them, by the way. Um, they said they didn't make it six weeks, Chris. And you talk about an eye opener. Uh, yeah. I'm here like, wait a minute, 24 hours or 48 hours ago, I'm on top of the world. And now uh, this is could be it. You know, and, and until you face that reality, you, you can't ever fully understand what that feels like. But as, as, a, as a person that had ran hard my whole life, a believer, I had a strange piece about me because I knew no matter what, I was going to be okay. You know, if, if I did pass, I knew where I was going. Right. And if I didn't, talk about a comeback story, right. here we go. But the most encouraging thing, what I love about this contracting community, I literally... I, I promise it had to be in the thousands of people that started praying for me. So cool. And, and next thing I know, um, they schedule me, they go in and they take out some of this thing to biopsy it and see what's going on at the biggest one. And I never forget, they come back and they said, Oh my gosh, you're never going to believe this, but it is not cancer. It is actually a, a fungal infection, a rare fungal infection that it's still bad. It was eating <laughs> my lungs essentially is what it was doing. And making these tumors but but they said it's curable and i'm like oh thank you goodness little did i know it was still going to be the, the hardest next year of my life i mean it literally just socked it to me i had zero energy i was so weak i lost over 40 pounds um and, and then i go back to thinking about that exit and i think about what would have happened if i would not have prepared my business in a systematic way and developed those leaders along the way and put myself in a position to be acquired uh, when I did. Here I would have been at the worst time of my life with no energy, I could not have done it, and then go through uh, COVID, all this stuff, I'm, I probably wouldn't have been in business. you know. So I, I relate that to nothing but divine intervention, sure. I really do. I, it was such a blessing to see. And now I, I'm, I'm back at it. I spent a lot of time out in Phoenix, out at the Mayo Clinic, and they did a, a whole lot of treatment stuff for me. And the good news is I've just about got it all whipped. So now I'm uh, whipped. You talk about renewed passion, you know, an eye opener of why are you here? What are you doing? And how are you going to use your time? It'll make you realize that in a hurry. And so every day when I wake up, I thank God for another day. And I, I thank God for friends like you guys and my family and other contractors and the ability to give back and to keep learning. Um, Cause it ain't done. I ain't done. It's go time still. It's right? go time, baby. I love it. And that's where that comes from. It's go time. That's it. No zero days. That's, that's it. We preach that around here. Cause you know what? You just don't know what tomorrow brings. You just don't, but you got today. So make that's, today count. Every exactly day right. is game day. Right, Paul? That's right. Thank you for sharing that, by the way. Yeah, thank you. That's yeah. a great story. Yeah. Oh, I want to dig into that real quick, too, um, on, the, on the Hunter Super Tech side of things, too, because 
I know you talk about systems and you talked about reading Ron Smith's book and also the E-Myth, which by the way, uh, I had Michael E. Gerber in this studio and I, I got it. to do yeah. the podcast with him and Ken Goodrich, which was amazing because I read the E-Myth in the beginning because I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Um, so that was a pretty cool, surreal moment for me that kind of came full circle. But um, I want to jump into this. So when you were planning the growth for Hunter Supertext, you mentioned that you knew at some point you were going to have to expand out of Ardmore. Yeah. Um, but what, what was some of the first things that you knew you had to execute to hit this like $10 million goal that you were talking about? Like you, like, so think about this You're You're kind of in the beginning phases of it. You're just figuring out the business piece of it. But what were the, what were the things that you, that, that you started thinking, okay, in order to hit this 10 million goal, what, these are things I have got to execute to, to hit that goal now. Like these are things I got to do right now. So yep. I asked that question to the listeners who might be in a similar position, whether they're at a quarter million, half million, one million, whatever, may not be thinking of those things. They could have just sold their way there to this point. So what were those things that you knew you had to execute to get to that goal early on? SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Phenomenal question. So um, really and truly, this goes back to planning. Annual, and we call it annual planning. But this is the time where you, you step outside of your business and you dream a little bit. Hey, where do we want to go? And then we start working backwards. You know, we, we start with the end. And, and like I even learned from, the, from Matt Michelle at the Service Nation, he said, if, if you start with the end in mind, if you, if you run your business as if you're going to exit, because you're going to exit one day, whether yep. you like it or not, yep. you're going to exit. <clears throat> one way or the but other. Here's what, yeah, here's what will happen. It'll, it'll either run, you'll, you'll prepare to run really smooth, and it'll be a profitable, and you may love it, or you can hit that exit strategy. So it starts with planning and, and really breaking it down into little baby steps. You know, so it started off, I hate to say this, but I, I, at first, I didn't even have goals. So I needed to, okay, let's set some goals. And by the way, go time is that actually an acronym for this exact formula that I followed. So the, the G in go time is for goals. So step one, what do we want to accomplish? What does that look like year after year after year? How are we going to get there? The next, the O is for observe, which is all right, Let's go learn from other people that have grown to this level that we want to go to. So that's what I did. We, I sought out all the people. Hey, how did you get, when I was at 1 million, how did you get to three? When I was at three, how did, how did they get to five? You know, and, and I started learning along the way. And then the T is the most important thing that I know Rhino does very well. And this is take massive action. And if I heard a good idea and someone else had already proven it and it was, I knew it was going to work. I didn't wait around on it. I took action Good. and we just went and did it. You know, it was go time. And then the I is back to inspect. So this goes back to having things like, uh, I look at Service Titan, having a program in, in place to be able to quickly inspect your, your KPIs, your numbers, your progress that you've made and learn from the action that you took. And then the M is for modification. So this is your daily huddle. This is circling up your inner circle leadership team and going, all right, here's the results of the action. How can we modify this thing to get, to make it even better? It's a constant improvement process. We're all on that journey. Um, and then the E is really the secret sauce. It is the engagement. It's all about the people, right? I mean, you know that, we know that. I knew if I was going to get there, the only way I was going to do it was by teamwork. So I had to start pouring into people and developing those leaders and then teaching them to be, to reproduce themselves and start uh, making this thing happen in, in a few different spots. Love it. Teamwork makes the dream work. Teamwork makes the dream so work. Let me, That's re- it, buddy. let me reiterate this to you listeners. Go time means goals, observe, take massive action, inspect, modification, engagement. Did I nail it? That's it. That's it, buddy. Awesome. 
So Chris, now you're working with contractors to kind of coach them and bring them alongside and kind of help them implement these things in their business. Is that kind of the, the main purpose of GoTime? Yeah. So, so selfishly, here's what happens when you teach something, guess what happens? You learn it, you know, <laughs> and you, and you learn even more and you have a, a, an insatiable hunger to keep learning and improving. Um, just like you guys do on this podcast. Yep. I know every time you come on, you lift your leadership lid a little bit, right? Absolutely. Because you're learning something as well. So yes, I saw, we look at all these people that have done these amazing things, but I was a small contractor and just, I, you read the e-myth and you, and you know you need processes and systems, but then the next question is, okay, but how? Yep. What do I do? So, so that's where GoTime comes in. That's where we really wanted to share our experiences and help people break it down into these little action steps and figure out how to get from point A to point B uh, as quick as they can. And then part of that is empowering technicians. And we had a tech school still do down there in Dallas in Hearst, Texas, actually, and, uh, and, and helping people grow technicians like that. Love it. Well, so I want to, I want to ask a question too on this and I've heard, I've heard multiple answers on this before from past guests, but I'm anxious to know what your answer is. Now I too come from a small town. Um, I came from rural Indiana. So any of my Indiana folks listening out there, a small little corn soybean um, community. I grew up on a farm out there. That's kind of my background. But I knew who my contractors were, even when I didn't even need a contractor then, just because you knew who they were. Right. Now, I'm dating myself. So, like, you know, I'm, I was, I'm 41. So, today there's probably more. But back then, I only knew the two, right? But um, – Part of what I what I what's been interesting is, for me is you're right on these podcasts is learning everybody's perspective on how they run their businesses even though they're the same underneath the yeah. same home services umbrella. So because you were in a rural market and you had these big goals, um, and you talked about having to go into other locations and incentivizing um, other technicians, you know, giving them that growth plan, which I think is fantastic because there's motivation in that, um, but. If you did, you add new services first, or did you expand into a new location first? Because I, let me ask, let's tell you why I asked that. The reason I've stuck with home services digital marketing for this long, for 12 years, was I learned well, one, because I had ADD, I couldn't focus on multiple things at the same time. So just learning yeah. the HVAC space alone was difficult enough. Yeah. But um, we, because I could, laser focus and just be phenomenal at bringing in residential add-on replacement service leads or drain cleaning leads or water heater leads. And if I just did that every day, I would be um, the best at it. And I believe that to this day. So that was my path. Now with you and you're growing this thing and you hit a $10 million goal and you outgrow your market, did you say, okay, well, I got HVAC down. I'm going to go to plumbing. Or did you start to take what you are currently doing in Armour and then go to uh, the other markets? How did, how did that play out? Yeah, great question, and, and one I get asked pretty often. So let, let me preface it by this. If, if I would have had the, the opportunity to, to keep growing in the original location I was in the first trade that I started, I would have never reached out geographically or across trade lines. And I see a lot of people that are, hey, I want to start plumbing or I want to start electrical, and I'm like, <laughs> that is extremely hard to do. So if, if you don't have a, a dominant market share, I, I, my advice is don't do it. You know, keep with what you're good at and let's go hard at that and maximize it. The only reason that we did expand geographically and then eventually across trade lines was because of just the limited capacity uh, that we were there. Had to. So um, the plan was and still is at Hunter to the main, the main trade is HVAC. So we didn't even uh, start plumbing or anything else until I had a, over a 46% market share in Ardmore, America, before we started adding another trade. So, I, and, and believe me, it was extremely difficult adding that trade. Uh, I took the lumps. <laughs> now it's worked out really well, and the plumbing side is doing uh, amazing. And now we've started duplicating the plumbing in our second location that we that we opened as well. Two of the other locations, they don't have it yet because we're really good at HVAC. That was our core. The goal is to grow that until it's, it's, there's not much more room to grow. And then here's the beauty. When you do that and then you flip the switch and add additional services, 
I remember when we started plumbing, the problem wasn't getting calls. The problem was, holy smoke, we just said we do plumbing and now we're overloaded. I got to go find some plumbers, you know? So, and then here's the other challenge. Um, we served at a very high level with HVAC. We could go fast. We were there. I mean, when they called, we served and had a large crew at the time. They could move really fast. We added plumbing and I had a couple plumbers and all of a sudden I wasn't even knowledgeable really at plumbing. You know, I knew how to serve. I knew how to uh, do some things in business, but I didn't know how to really do plumbing. Um, so I had to rely a lot on them and, and also the licensing. Don't even get me started on the whole licensing thing. But there, there's some challenges because you could actually do damage to your business reputation by starting a trade too early and not being prepared because all of a sudden that great service that was in your core, you can't deliver that sometimes when you add on a service that's not in your wheelhouse. So my advice to contractors, stay in your lane until your lane is, you're at the end. You know what I mean? There, you got, you're busting your lane out and then look at adding on either geographically or across trade lines. Yeah, I think that uh, that's really good advice because it, all it takes is one, oops, you add a service and you don't do it as good. That can give you a black eye and it can cross all your services. It, it, it very well can. You're that's, exactly right. I think that's pretty awesome. I mean, um, and I can relate. We, you know, we add services. We, we started to roll out social media because we're a digital marketing company. And honestly, we sucked at it. We weren't good. So I shut it down. And when I shut it down, I thought, well, we keep getting asked for it. But I'm not going to do it again unless I feel like we're really good at it. I cannot let it, I can't roll something out that, that doesn't produce to what it's supposed to produce. And I feel good about it because the brand is attached to it. So that's, it. that's when we reached out to, uh, I chased down old Gary Vaynerchuk since he has his $250 million social media company. He had it figured out, crossed my yeah. fingers, chased it down, worked that deal out so we could put together a, uh, a, a world-class social media offering for the trades. But the point was, is that, I, I didn't want to hit those. I didn't want to make mistakes anymore. So I had to make sure I went right to the top and figured it out and combined the two. And then I felt good about rolling that thing out. So it didn't give me a black eye with my other services. So I didn't want to, to do that. So that makes perfect sense. So I appreciate you explaining that. Now, yeah. one thing that I love this because Paul comes from the OEM side. Um, Paul was, came from Linux and was, uh, um, was a district manager over there, amongst other things, um, including their um, clothing model. Uh, just kidding. Mm -hmm. uh, but did you now, I don't, and I don't know, cause I didn't research this ahead of time, but how did you leverage your manufacturer relationships to help you along the way? Cause I do think that some people don't really know exactly how is the best way to manage your relationship or they're afraid to push or they just, or they're kind of rude. Like they just they go about it the wrong way. But how did you leverage your manufacturer relationship to help you along the way? You said the key word there, you said relationship. So really and truly that's, the way this thing needs to be looked at. So if you think about any good relationship, I mean, it, it's a, you, you got to give, right? I mean, and, and you got to work at this thing. It's not a one way street. Uh, they're not there just to serve us. I mean, it, it's back and forth. So I was blessed to have some extremely great people and we developed good relationships, even so much so that even if they left and went somewhere else, guess what? I had a relationship at the new place as well. So we, we had great vendors like uh, Linux was one, uh, Johnstone Supply was another, and they, they were key in helping us grow as well because as we were growing, um, they, they saw the potential, first of all, and I love that about them, that, that they didn't just see me for where we were in one small town in Oklahoma because I actually did have a couple vendors that wouldn't even sell me equipment when I first started because they were like, eh, Man. who are you? You know, why do I, you're not good enough to offer our brand, you know, that type of stuff. Um, but Linux and Johnstones, um, they worked with us. They set up consignment where I didn't have to outlay a lot of money for inventory, you know, so they, they put it in our warehouse. And then as we started growing in other locations, they, they did the same in those locations. And now it's a just-in-time inventory system, you know, where, when they hit it on service Titan and, and use a part the next morning uh, delivery has whatever parts was used off of that truck. And it's, it's an automated process. And they were extremely grateful to work with us through that. So cool. And then also they, they really grasped that the branding part and the marketing side, because in the past, a lot of OEMs, a lot of manufacturers, they wanted to push their brand, but 
I was grateful because we took the time to develop our relationship. They knew that, hey, if we let him promote Hunter, his brand, it's going to bring us business. So they were very liberal and generous with their marketing funds to let us use it however we wanted. Right. And that was, that was really cool. And, and, um, and it paid off for them as well. Sure. Right. Yeah. You bought more equipment. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, what the, that's the game. Parts yeah. of supplies, equipment. Chris, did you do private label or did you use? We, we did. We did the private label uh, program through Amana. And it was funny that even though we private labeled through Amana, we still sold a lot of Linux equipment. And, and the beauty of it was everything that we promoted was for the Hunter Comfort System, you know, home of the lifetime unit guarantee, you know, because that Amana had that, that warranty. Um, so they were, they were hearing our brand. But then once we got in the home, we would give the options. And lo and behold, a lot of people still chose the Linux equipment. So Linux even uh, didn't balk at us <laughs> doing the private label because it actually still served them really well, too. Great. So in a small town, do you notice any differences with maintenance agreements that maybe some of your counterparts in areas like Phoenix and L.A.? Is it different in small towns with maintenance? Um. I wouldn't say necessarily different. Um, I know that without the maintenance agreements, I never would have grown Yeah. because, you know, the shoulder season is coming. You know, we all know that. Uh, and if I wouldn't have got on that bandwagon early and started really maximizing these memberships and, and then continually following that process of just making it better and, and keep growing that base, I would have never been able to, grow and add technicians. Cause that's the hardest thing. People know they need to grow, but they're scared to add a tech. It's going to cost money. And how do we do this? Um, but so first it comes down to believing in the maintenance agreement. And then two, every month in our company meeting, we didn't just say, yeah, we sold 30 maintenance agreements. We said, guess what? Those 30 club memberships, that is 120 hours of guaranteed work this shoulder season for you guys. So we, we put it back into a way that they could see the value that, oh man, when all these other people in this small town are sitting at home on the, in the slow time of the year, we're out driving and working. And, and it, it comes from them putting in the effort whenever we did have all the calls in the beginning. And we made it a priority. I mean, really and truly, that was a huge focus. Yeah, good question. Thanks for sharing that. I mean, I think that even happens in some suburbs of medium and major metros too. Like all of it comes down to, I think in um, how you look at that yeah. beyond just the number, like beyond yeah. the number, but then how can you make it? Here's a good example. When we bring somebody on board in the Rhino family, um, I believe it's my job or our, our leadership's team, our leadership team's job to put the, the face to the logo, if you will, like yeah. to let them understand the work that you're doing impacts this person and this person and their families. So it's important today. That's Do everything it. you can today because, it, you know, they're relying on us. Uh, but it's because we treat them like we take it, you know, people will say, don't take it personal. I take it personal. You know, it is yeah. personal. Um, I can impact someone's livelihood if you have a bad day. Don't have a bad day. If you have a bad day, learn from it, fix it, move on. Don't have another bad day. But it's how you treat that maintenance agreement customer. I think, you know, if you treat them right, you'll make, you'll keep them. Right. And then it's how do you relay that? Like the shoulder season, um, mm -hmm. you earn your stripes in our world in the shoulder season. Mm -hmm. Um, that's when you have to go and find the proactive buyer, things like that. But that yep. shoulder season, it happens. So what are you going to do? And those maintenance agreements are key. And we have so many people asking us about, you know, should I do maintenance agreements? I'm like, are you still asking if you should offer yeah, maintenance yeah. agreements? And, and going geographically into a new area, the maintenance agreements was so key. Because here's why. When you first start, we had no business, zero, right? So, uh, but can you imagine starting a new location or starting a business like Rhino? If you already had all the systems in place, you already had a marketing program that was already kind of reaching into this adjacent area. So when you go to start, it, it's like a cheating, right? I mean, you got a head start, you got it all figured <laughs> out. Now it's just plug and play. But when we would go, we would actually go and give away even maintenance agreements if we had to. You know, I figure if I got a guy that's sitting over there and there's nothing to do, why not go to the local churches or some of the businesses and say, hey, we want to earn your business. And here's something we do. 
you know, look, we've got 3,000 of these agreements in, in the neighbor town over here, Ardmore. We'd just like to do one for you, see if we can help save you money, no strings attached, and just let us earn your business if you like what we deliver. And But doing that and just doing, just getting started, man, it paid dividends off, you know, down the road as the business started growing as well. So maintenance agreements were super key part of our growth. Love that. Thanks for sharing. And and going in, going on a maintenance call, if you didn't have to do anything and you're sitting there doing nothing is sweat equity and you should do those things. Yeah. Um, if you want to build, if you truly want to build your business, you can either sit and complain that you're not doing anything or you can go do something like that. So thanks for sharing, Chris. Yep. Now I know we're getting super close on time, so I want to start to wrap. I have a couple more quick questions and then I want to make sure that I give you an opportunity to talk about what you're doing now with service Titan because it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, so what has been the hardest decision that you've had to make on this journey? The hardest decision. Do you know what Ken Goodrich's hardest decision was? What? He had to fire his mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, those are tough things, you know? So I, I would say that the hardest thing, um, not even necessarily the hardest decision, but just the hardest thing in business in general is being able to separate, um, the business from personal, uh, the balance side of it. Right. I mean, and, and that requires hard decisions, you know, cause like we talked about in the beginning, you got to give up to go up. But after what I went through and everything that I, that I went through with the health, it also was an eye opener of, Hey, what is most important? So a hard decision for these contractors, I believe is the balance. And we know there's no such thing as perfect balance, but I, I look at, at, at this as you're in a season and but just don't stay in that season too long so if, if we got to work really hard and the family the decision to to sacrifice some time with them happens right now that's okay if it's for a season but where we get hurt and where, where contractors get stuck and really at the expense of their family is when they stay in that season and they don't break back out of it and then give back to their family so as the business grew for me I was able to give back to the family a lot. So as the team grew, I got to spend more and more time with the family. As we leveraged technology, like with Service Titan, I was able to, to go and be free and still have 100% connectedness to my business uh, through technology. Um, and then leveraging, you know, partners, you know, like we talked about with like you guys, a marketing partner, knowing that, hey, you're going to do your job and it's going to be really good. And that's going to let me be able to spend some time with my family. So releasing that control, letting other people run with it. And, and the decision of when to sacrifice was the hardest thing for me. Man, I appreciate that so much. And you being so candid about it. Um, I love the saying, you got to give up to go up. I think that's pretty yeah. awesome. Um, so true. Um, another thing I heard from you that we continue to hear a lot, and I love hearing this and I've heard it so much the last few months on all episodes, most episodes is the willingness of the other contractors to help others. Mm -hmm. um, if you're in a position right now where you're stuck, you don't know what to do. If it's summertime and you're not busy, then you need to reach out to somebody now because you should be busy right now. Yes. Um, but you know, when you, when it gets close to that shoulder season, let me give you a piece of advice. Don't wait. It's coming. If you're in a four climate market, it's coming. Okay. If you're in Arizona listening, or turn Arizona listeners, South Texas listeners, Florida listeners, like anybody along the South, and you know that your your January, your December, January, February is going to be your shoulder season. Don't wait till then to ask for help on how to get through it. Okay, if you go back and listen to any of these episodes, most everyone on is willing to help. They are right? willing to help, and Chris is no different. So I appreciate you so much, man. And uh, I, what I want to make sure I also do is let the listeners know if they want to connect with you, Chris. What's yeah. the best way to do that? And then if you would please, um, with your new role here at, or with your new role at Service Titan, just kind of share what you're doing there in the best way for our listeners to be able to contact you directly if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. So first with, with Service Titan, this was a big decision for me to, to go to them, right? Because here I am, I've sure. exited the business. Uh, you know, it was, I'm in a good spot, you know, financially and everything otherwise, and have go time, which is uh, very fulfilling as well. So a lot of people ask, why in the world would you want to go and take a job? You know, why would you want to go take a position when you've done these other things? And, and it really all comes down to making a difference. And like you said, giving. So whenever I talk to Ara and Vahe and Tom Howard, 
and they said, Chris, here's the thing. This is how you can give to contractors and help them at scale. You know, cause when they do something that helps somebody's business, a lot of people may think, Oh, that's just a tool. No, it, it's not a tool that, that helps contractors create a job, uh, create an income, which then gives back to families and communities. And, and if you want to make a difference at scale, they painted a very compelling vision. I thought, you know what? I want to be a part of that. So I was extremely thankful. And, and I'm telling you what, they listen to the contractors over there. It's amazing. You got all this brain power. I, I really feel intimidated because you got people, they're just so smart. I have to give it to, I mean, mm -hmm. way over my head. But then here they are. They hang on every word that people like me and Tom Howard and people from the industry say because they they want to make sure that they're serving right. And they're, and you give an idea and they, next thing you know, they take massive action. They run with it and they're delivering it to contractors. So that's really awesome. So the way to connect with me though, um, two things we have now at Service Titan, it's called the Toolbox for the Trades. It's right. a, uh, a Facebook group where we're connecting with everybody, not just Service Titan customers. You know, you guys are even on there. We're, yep. we're sharing best practice information. Uh, love to connect with you there. If you are a Service Titan customer, we have an internal group called the Masterminds Group uh, on Facebook, and I'm very active on there as well, interacting with all those customers. Or they can reach out even and email me directly at chunter at servicetitan.com. And then also, if you want anything involved with GoTime, you can go to gotimesuccessgroup.com, see all the upcoming classes. We got some phenomenal mentors uh, and, and uh, the school program down there. So be happy to connect with, with anybody that I can. Wonderful. Yeah. And we'll make sure to add these, uh, some contact info in. And if you guys want Chris's cell phone number to text him in the middle of the night, here it is. It is five, five, five. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hey kidding. man, I'm, I'm fine with it. Give I'm, it out. Yeah. That's I'm, all right. I'm kidding. Yeah. But if you don't, if you don't connect any of those ways, you're, um, you know, service world expo is coming up September 22nd through 24th. Is that right, Chris? Yep. I think so. Um, in Tampa. And I believe you will be speaking at that event, right? I am. Yes, sir. Wonderful. Yeah. On recruiting. Cause that, that was one thing at Hunter. Guess what? We very rarely had a problem with people uh, bringing in people. We actually had a waiting list of people wanting to join the team. Really? So I'm That's not speaking normal. on recruiting uh, at Service World Expo. Yeah, a lot of times for us, it's not a lead problem. It's a body's problem, and that recruiting part's harder than the leads part. So That's right. Um, but yeah. anyhow, so uh, Rhino will also be sp speaking at Service World Expo. Super excited about that, too. Um, you can come visit us at Camp Rhino. Now, GoTime's going to have a uh, trade show space there, too, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. They'll be there. Our, our master trainer, uh, Chuck Morales, he'll be there. Cool. Uh, they'll, we'll be showing off the, the virtual reality stuff that we have for our online university and all that kind of stuff as well. Love it, man. I appreciate you so much. I'm so glad we've been able to begin a, a friendship as well as a, a partnership with Angie and her helping out some of our customers with their call coaching piece through go time. It's been phenomenal so far. But thank you so much for sharing everything on here. Listeners, we certainly hope that you had some good takeaways from this. I know you did if you paid close attention. Goals, observe, take massive action, inspect, modification, engagement. That's go time. Until next time, we'll see you. Thank you for listening to To The Point. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please consider leaving us a review in the App Store. And don't forget to share with your friends. Till next time, kick some ass.